0: Shay Baker is in Invercargill, where she is uh, with the Southland Times. She's the editor of the Southland Times uh, and one of your predecessors, one of the greats of uh, Southland journalism, in fact, of journalism in the country, uh, I I know has died, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, Shay. But first, let's get your take on what has just become dubbed the Gore Saga, or shall we say the Gore District Council Saga? (laughs) Let's be a little bit kinder to Gore. Uh, The whole town, no doubt, still... um, pretty much caught up in it though. Good morning.
1: Morning Catherine, how are you? Really good. Good, good. Yes, no, it seems like I can't um, come on to your show without an update about the Gore District Council saga. So this is the well-publicised relationship breakdown between New Zealand's youngest mayor, Ben Bell, and the long-serving chief executive, Stephen Perry. Um, So last time I Spoke to you guys in September, Stephen Perry had announced he was going to quit, uh, With had been at the council for 22 years, and he was meant to sort of wind up there last month. Uh, however, since then, he's actually, has been a bit of a U-turn on that decision, and he's going to stay at the council in his role in the interim while his replacement is found. Um, so this actual decision has led to some cross-rate payers. So they have protested outside council meetings about this decision and introduced a petition not to have reinstated. So this isn't the first petition that's circulated about Perry. We had another one earlier this year asking him to step down just from his role completely. And it just sort of seems like the council's in between a rock and a hard place because We've got to, you know, they've got to get a full in CEO in the meantime. And if they're to hire somebody, it could actually cost quite a lot, you know, impacting ratepayers. And essentially, the CEO might not be able to make decisions or anything or make much of an impact because they'd sort of be learning the ropes, you know, in this role at council. And then obviously, they'd be replaced. So Perry agreed to take this role after the deputy chief executive Rex um, Capel resigned as well, and he's actually moving to the Invercargill City Council. So and it, there's just a, a long-running, you know, um, stream of events happening here. They've been under the council's been under fire again this week because it voted for a no, voted for a no notion of motion. That didn't even meet the requirements for its own standing orders. So what had happened is the council voted to plant five crab apple trees in the town's main street. So another petition was presented to council not to plant the trees and leave the space as car parks to support local realtors. So obviously Gore residents are loving petitions this year. Uh, This one was signed by 180 people. Um, But it was just sort of found that the notion of motion that was tabled at a council meeting last week by Councillor Glenis Dickerson, um, it actually should not have went ahead. So she was saying that these trees, the holes that they were putting the trees in were costing the council $300 a day. So she just wanted them to move on it, you know, get the trees planted. Um, However, she was the only person to sign that notion and for it to actually be legitimate, it has to be signed by a third of the members of the council. So that didn't actually happen. It was only signed by her. And Stephen Perry has said that this this error was made because he was distracted. Um, so there was an emergency meeting held yesterday, which they have voted to plant the trees and put them in. Um, however, it was found that the trees actually weren't even costing the council 300 a day at all. It was zero. So here we are, you know, in meetings and things are going wrong as well. They can fight it's over just...
0: crab apples, the good, the good councillors of gore. Alright. Uh, let's yeah. pay tribute to a former boss of yours, but someone who um, certainly has had decades in the industry. Uh, the industry's changed a hell of a lot. I was just looking at a, a photo of Fred Tallett in a Dominion uh, news meeting from 1988. So there's about 10 people in the room and, shall we say, uh, diversity has moved on a bit since in terms of yes. gender and other matters. But, you know, from the back in the days of of print in particular, um, a real giant and and, in his latter part of his career, particularly with the Southland Times, Shay.
1: Yes, so he spent the last 15 years of his career at the Southland Times and leading the Southland Times. You know, he made big waves here. He was the Dominion chief reporter before that. So, yeah, unfortunately, Fred Tullet died this week. He was 77 years old. Um, tributes have been flooding in from him, from the many people that crossed his paths over the years. He's been honoured um, for his way, he mentored journalists, and you know a couple of generations of journalists. Um, a lot of people, you know, writing in about how he gave them their first job. He gave me my first job, so I hope he's pleased that one of his hires has eventually went on to fill his shoes twelve years later. Um, yes, but as you've mentioned, you know the the job really has morphed quite a bit since then um our company owner Sinead Belcher she summed up Fred quite good you know he was a real true newspaper man and a war horse of the industry so yeah he's from the back in the day when you're given an ashtray you know to go on your desk when you started in the newsroom and it was full of secondhand smoke you know we've got stories that um you know Pete if, he, if it, the, he wasn't happy with the reporter's stories you know just screw it up and throw it in the bin in front of their face like sure some of us would still be want want to be able to do that now, but we can't. But um, wasn't he also in
0: that legendary story? Was he the one in the newsroom when um uh the Prime Minister David Longy's wife rang in wanting to uh have a few words. Was that was he there?
1: Yes. So this is a story it became, you know, quite celebrated. Um, it's a good example of why you always answer the phone. So he was in the Wellington newsroom in 1989, was the last to leave, about to turn the lights off, and David Longy's wife, Naomi, rung. So she was ready to denounce the other woman in David's life, um, speech writer Margaret Pope, and saying that she loves her husband, but she's going to fight for him. So this became a huge front-page story on the Sunday Times. However, you know, as history shows, um, she did not prevail. Longy and Pope remained a couple, and, yeah, the rest is sort of history. So, That's what you call yeah, a scoop. Um,
0: it's always yeah. handy if people can actually ring a news organisation. Uh, now, Tour of Southland, what's uh, happening there? It's wrapped up on Saturday, big
1: success. Yes, so yes, another tour of Southland is wrapped up. Um, it was actually a really good event for them this year. So down in Southland, we, you know, some of the tours have been marred by quite treacherous weather and <laughs> quite shocking weather, you know. So this this last week they had they had some winds to contend with, but I'd say they actually got off pretty lightly with the weather. Um, some really really good Southland days. Um, we. Thankfully, it wasn't the week before because we did have, you know, rain pretty much every day and snow. So it probably did make for a little less crashes and injuries at the event, but I think we'll take that as a positive. (laughs) Um, The event was won by Englishman Dan Gardner. Now, he's based in Auckland. He's the first Englishman to win the event since 1957. So that's quite a long time. Um, He actually moved to New Zealand two years ago to follow his Kiwi girlfriend and former cyclist, Kate Whitman. Um, Second place went to Joseph Cooper of Wellington, third to Boris Clark of Waikato. So Joseph Cooper got second. He was the first place in the OV35 rider category at 37. So he's actually 10 years older than Gardner, who's only 27. Um, so, yeah, no, it's always been a really positive event for Southland. Um, the first Southlander home overall was a Marshall Irwood, and remarkably, he was only 18, and it was his first tour. So he's going to be a great one to watch too. Good stuff. Uh, it's a fantastic
0: event. Thanks very much, Shay Baker, who is editor of the Southland Times.